Hey guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. Wow. Guys, it is getting dark out at 4 p.m. now. There are lights on every single house. The traffic is insane every single moment of every single day. You go into any store, there's a line. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. Nobody works. So there's a line at all times. Um, just the other day, my family and I went into the wilderness, found a thriving tree, cut that boy right down, killed him immediately. And then we celebrated its death by hanging lights on the corpse and then singing songs and watching a movie. It's Christmas time, guys. It's Christmas time. Christmas time is here. It's happening. Um, and it's incredible. It's basically 2022, right? Next week is our Christmas party. And then after that, it's it's almost Christmas break, right? Christmas break is here. It is now. It's happening. No. Mm-mm. Something. Just the play button only. Uh, please hold. <laughs> Yeah, don't listen to me. There's definitely Apex next week. It's so true. Okay, I'll just keep talking because, you know, why not? So Christmas break is almost here, right? And and for me, Christmas break meant when I was growing up, it always meant that I would be sleeping in way too late. I would be playing way too many video games and I would be hanging out with as many of my friends as possible. That is what Christmas break was for me. And honestly, it was great and I loved it and I still love it and I will always love it. But if you kind of like look at what the core of Christmas break is, it's not like that much different than any other break, right? Like anytime that you guys have off school, think about it. What are you going to do? You're going to sleep in way too late, you're going to play video games, or maybe you're going to watch TikTok or Netflix, or, you know, you're going to play board games with your friends. You're basically going to be able to do like a little bit more of what you want. That's almost every single break. And so Christmas break is not that much different from the other breaks throughout the year. I mean, obviously, yes, it has Christmas and New Year's in it. But other than that, it's mostly the same. The one big difference between Christmas break and any other break, and you can kind of already start to feel it, right? The difference between Christmas break and normal breaks is that this one feels a little more churchy, a little more like Jesus-y, a little more holy, right? A little more religious focused. Um, All the songs at this time of year are like holy angel songs and silent night songs. And it's kind of hard to escape the the religiousness of what's going on right now. Um, People put like baby Jesus out in the cold just to freeze out there so we can look at him. Isn't it cruel? It's cruel. It's mean. And it's not a real baby. It's a fake baby. <laughs> it's the idea of a fake baby. Like, it's just a baby in the cold. Why do we want that? We celebrate it. Now, even if your family isn't into church, you can probably see that during Christmas, God, faith, and religion are around a little bit more than normal. And it's good. I mean, honestly, I think it's good. It feels normal. It's great. All the Christmas songs are fine. Right? They're fine. I listen to just the Reliant K Christmas album. That probably makes me a boomer, but I don't care. It's the only one I listen to. Um... The plays, they're happening. Christmas plays are happening all over the place. Some of them are okay, and some of them are good. Um, But, you know, people are doing that all the time. Um, We're about to give presents to each other, right? Incredible. Shout out to gold, frankincense, and myrrh as the original ones. Um, You guys can give me gold whenever you want, right? You can literally just give me gold whenever you want. I will always take gold. (laughs) Uh, I don't care as much about frankincense and myrrh. I don't really know what those are. So just give me gold, and everything is going to be fine. Uh, But... Christmas is fun, right? Like, there's good vibes. Everything is good. 
but some of us can feel something else along with those good vibes. Like you feel good vibes, but also like underneath, you know, there's like a little bit of, of tenseness during the holiday season, right? A little bit of guilt, a little bit of like, what's happening, you know? Because with all of the God and Jesus stuff around us and the upcoming new year forcing us to look back on the year we just had, it can make us think about things that we should be doing, the things we sh- should have done, and how we're not doing them or we, have, we didn't do them at all. And with God at the center of the world around us a little bit more than normal at this time of year, it's harder and harder to ignore the feeling that God might be disappointed in us or upset with us a little bit. Maybe uh, most of the time you can just ignore this feeling, right? And, and you're just like showing up. You're like, okay, I, I have that feeling sometimes, but I'm just going to ignore it. I'm going to show up. I'm going to sing a song or two. I'm going to go through the motions of church, and then I'm going to move on with life, and it's going to be fine. But it's harder to do now than ever because God is such a focus of the time of year that we're in. So even if you aren't a Jesus follower, this time of year forces reflection, right? The new year's coming up, which means we just get to think about the year we had, the year that's coming up. Always chaos, right? A little, a little scary all the time. Um, and so you're probably asking yourself more questions about like, what should I have done? What should I be doing? Um, is there a God even, right? And if he's up there, does he care? Does he um, love me? If Does he see me? And if he does see me, he's probably ready to, you know, send a lightning bolt my way and crisp, crisp me right up because... Uh, <laughs> I'm not the best all the time, right? That, those are thoughts that go through our head during this time of year. And with all that happening, it's really easy just to push back and keep your distance. Um, now, I'm not saying like you're against God, and that's not what I'm saying, like not push back in that way, but push back in a way so that you're choosing to only focus on the presence. You're choosing to only focus on maybe like time with your friends or video games instead of focusing on God and focusing on Jesus and the things that are going on at this time of year. Another reason some of us push away during this time of year, right, and try to back off a little bit is because we, I mean, a lot of us grew up in church, right? We've, we've done this before, and it's the same stories, the same songs, the same feelings every single year, right? So we kind of just pull back because, like, I've done this before. I've, I've, I've been there before. So you can only hear this, like, Christmas story so many times before we explode from boredom. So do me a favor. Look into your neighbor's eye and tell them, angels, wise men, Mary, Joseph, babies, cows, we get it. Can you do that? Yeah, right? We we get it. And it's completely true. And honestly, I get it. Like, I do. Um, but God's super cool. And he's bigger than we can even imagine. And he always will show us something new if we open up his word and listen to what he's saying. Um, that's why people can read the Bible over and over again and still learn new things about God and the life that he wants for us every single time they open the Bible. Because the Bible's filled with God's words. And the closer we listen, the more we will learn. So... Let's just jump into this, okay? This is week two of Christmas break. And, spoiler alert, that is coming up. So week two of uh, <laughs> Christmas break. Uh, last week, Pastor Chris talked about like uh, expectations during Christmas time. And this week, we're going to talk about a group of smelly people. Yeah, we're going to talk about the shepherds tonight. So what I want you to remember the most tonight is that God loves who you are as you are. I don't know what's happening. <gasps> there we go. Yep, there you there go. it is. There it is. Okay. I'm going to. went too far. Only one, but you went way too far. It takes so. I wasn't ready for the delay. I'm going to make Chris edit this. <laughs> Cut all the rambling. If you're on, you know, the podcast right now and hearing this part, no, Pastor Chris is, is mean. Betrayal. Betrayal at Pastor Chris Corner. Okay. And. <laughs> There it was. The, so the, bottom line. The, the bottom line is God loves <laughs> loves who you are as you are. Okay. 
So let's jump into this Christmas story. Most people know the Christmas story, and weirdly enough, shepherds are at the core of the Christmas story. And it's even weirder if you know a little bit of the context of what's going on with these shepherds, right? The Bible was written forever ago, right? Very old book, which means there's a lot of things in it that don't necessarily make sense right now. So we have to go back and look at the context of what's happening in this situation to fully understand what God's trying to tell us in his book, in his word. So context is important, and let's jump into some context about the shepherds. So back in the first century, AD and BC, you know, right there, right there, right at that time, um, talking roughly like, you know, 2021 years ago, all of the young Jewish boys were required to memorize certain portions of the Torah which is like the Jewish books of law, which are the first five books of the Bible. So, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Some of those are super boring and there's a lot going on in there. And they were kind of, they were asked to memorize those. It was like part of growing up as a Jewish young man was memorizing those. Um, so they were memorizing those. And at a certain age, if you were amazing at memorizing it and super smart, then you would just continue to learn and eventually become like a teacher or a rabbi, some type of religious leader. And if you weren't good at it, you basically would be tested and then you'd fail out of school. And then once you failed out of school, you would just take up the family trade, right? So you either got really good at it and became a religious leader, or you failed out and became whatever your family was. So that could be like a tent maker. It could be a carpenter. It could be a shepherd, right? So all the shepherds failed out of school. That's the first thing you should know about shepherds is that they failed out of school. Uh-oh. Yep, failed out of school. So now being a shepherd is probably one of the lowest jobs at this time. And we know today that we don't judge people by their jobs, right? But back in the day, back in the first century, what you did for a living said more about you than most things. So shepherds were looked down on and would live outside in the fields with their sheep, right? So they would be outside. They were looked down on for their job. They were kind of smelly because they worked with sheep all day and just were in the fields and like, you know. It was ancient times. Everybody was smelly, but they were especially smelly. And because they were... Um, like physically unclean, they were actually considered like religiously unclean, um, which in like Bible times was really rough. And especially for um, like for people, like the Jewish people, because if you were religiously unclean, it meant that you didn't have the same privileges that other people had, which means that you couldn't go into the temple. You couldn't, you know, take an animal in to be sacrificed. You, you basically were, were cut off from getting close to God is basically what it was because you were considered religiously unclean if you were a shepherd. So God knew all of this about the shepherds, right? He knew all these things about them, that they were kind of gross. They wouldn't be the most religious people. Um, but when it came time for a son to be born, God chose to tell the shepherds the good news first. It's very interesting. He literally could have picked anyone because at this time, you know, the Romans had taken over. And so everybody was like oppressed. And they were like, guys, we, just, we want this. Like there was a promised Messiah, a promised baby that was going to be born. And they were going to save them all. So everybody was looking. Like everybody was like on the lookout. Like, okay, it's got to be soon, right? Because Things are bad, and it can't get much worse. And so everybody was on the lookout. So God could have told anyone, but he chose these smelly, gross shepherds. Um, and this is how everything went down. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory showed around them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by the sign you will find a baby wrapped in snugly in strips of cloth laying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those 
with whom God is pleased. Okay. We've all heard the story before, right? I think most of us have heard the story before. And there's something interesting that happens when we hear a story over and over again. Sometimes we just forget to listen, right? Because we've heard it. We're like, okay, whatever. I've heard this before. Um, and also sometimes what happens when we're reading from the Bible um, is that there are Bible words that are kind of hard to understand. So let's go over some of these words. So vast host. It says like right after that, it says like armies of heaven. Like literally vast host meant there was a ton of angels up there. Like just picture a bunch of angels. A bunch of angels is what was going on there. And so what they say is glory to God in the highest heaven. So we hear this word glory all the time, right? But what does it actually mean? I'm going to tell you guys because it's time for another, you know, Dave's definition, deep dive, obviously. So let's, let's jump into that. Glory. There's a couple of definitions for glory, okay? We're going to go over three of them right now. So one of them is high renown or honor won by notable achievements. Another one is magnificence or great beauty. And another one is praise, worship, and thanksgiving offered to a deity. All three of these fit glory. And they, they, they all make sense when we're talking about glory, when referencing God or in, you know, talking about in scripture, especially in this scripture or in songs a lot. Um, because, you know, God has some notable achievements, right? So he has those and he deserves the honor won by those notable achievements, right? He created the earth. That's a big one. And the universe. I don't know. That's, that feels like enough. Um, and he's like magnificent. He created beauty. So he's like wonderful, beautiful, matchless in every way. Shout out Christian. Um, <laughs> and because of all this, we give glory to God, right? Because of those things are reasons why we give glory to God. We, we offer thanksgiving and praise to our deity God. So all of those go together. So pastor Chris says it like this. He says, Glory, it's something that God has and something that we give him, right? He has glory, high renown, honor, and it's something that we give him, that thanksgiving offered to a deity. So that's what the angels say. So they're saying that God is worthy of worship and also, like, you know, glory to God. They're saying God is good. We are worshiping him. And then they say peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So peace is something that we all want. Peace is something that happens when relationships are good and nobody's angry, nobody is fighting, no one is upset. So if we break down everything that the angel is saying, right, if we just put it all into something super simple, what they're saying is just like, yo, peace to you shepherds. Just want you to know that God is good and worthy of praise. That's what they were telling the shepherds. So they're saying that God is good. And not only is he good, he's good towards us, right? They're saying peace, that God wants you to have peace. So he's being good towards us. He's not just a general good. He's being good towards us because he wants us to know that peace. And God tells this to some shepherds that were just chilling in a field, right? Just some smelly shepherds just chilling in a field, doing absolutely nothing. They didn't do anything. They were just there. And God is so good and he loves us and likes us before we ever do anything right. That's who God is. And spoiler alert for the end of Jesus' story, but this is what Romans 5, 8 says. It says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Now, Christ is just, you know, another name for Jesus. So, like, this is Jesus' story that he's, he came down before we ever did anything right, while we were still sinners, and he died for us. That's how much God loves us. And, you know, I just can't help but think that the shepherds were probably, number one, surprised by a vast host of angels. That's insane. Um, but number two, but what they were saying, right? These weren't like the most like religious people. These weren't the best people around. They were just shepherds, smelly, gross, out there. Um, and God was like, hey, just so you know, I'm taking time to tell you specifically, you smelly, gross shepherd. I, he didn't say that, guys. He didn't say that. But he said, but he was like, I'm taking my time to tell you that, you know, peace to you. I'm good and I'm good towards you which is a huge deal because it's easy to think that God is just sitting up, you know, in the highest heaven, 
looking down on us with a big old thumbs down, thinking like, you know, what is he doing down there? I'm messing up all the time. And if he's paying attention to me at all, it feels like he's probably only paying attention to my mistakes and all of the times that I unnecessarily got super awkward in normal, you know, social situations. And he's upset. Like I just, sometimes it feels that way, right? God is upset with me. But it's actually the exact opposite. God looked down past your mistakes and saw you. He sees you and he loves you more than you can fully understand. Now, the shepherds were definitely surprised by this because they weren't even allowed to participate in the temple ceremonies, which meant that they were far away from God. And the fact that God would show up to them at all is insane, but then he would offer them goodwill and peace is mind-blowing. Now, if we're being honest, they probably didn't understand, you know, everything going on. Um, because there's a lot happening. <laughs> there's a lot that these angels are telling them. Um, it would be hard for them to see how peace with God was possible because um, back in this day, there was a whole system for getting peace with God, right? There was a whole system to have a relationship with God and there were sacrifices and like only the priests go into the temple and like there's all this stuff that was happening that would make it really complicated for peace on earth and peace to God, like to God would it, for it to exist. Um, Jesus was still a baby and everything that he was going to do and say and change hadn't happened yet, right? But it's all foreshadowed in this. The Bible does that a lot. The Bible loves to foreshadow Jesus is coming because most stories in the Bible point to Jesus, point to God. So this story is less about the shepherds and what they're hearing about and more about God, right? So the story is about a God who went after the people no one expected, a God who revealed himself to people everyone else had counted out. A God who cared far less about religion and far more about relationship that would be possible because of Jesus, because of that baby. A God who sent Jesus to pay what we owed. A God who sent Jesus to remove the barrier that sin caused between us and him so that we can have that peaceful relationship with God that he's offering all of us. So it'd be years and years and years later that everyone would finally understand the full good news that these angels first told the shepherds, that the baby born in a manger would grow up to sacrifice everything to make peace possible. And he told all that to some dirty, gross shepherds. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean for us? Look at your neighbor and say, so what, who cares? So what, who cares? So what, who cares? Mm-hmm. What does that mean as Christmas and the end of the year approach, as we start to feel the pressure to behave a certain way to make God proud, right? What does, that, what does it mean? Well, it should be a relief, right? We don't have to make God proud because he already loves us. Because the angels showing up wasn't just a one-time thing, right? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he was going to show up one time for a bunch of dirty, gross shepherds, he can show up for us, right? We're basically dirty, gross shepherds a lot. So um, he can show up for us. And remember that verse from Romans. is while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. God loves who you are as you are. God loves who you are as you are. And this is great news because now it means we don't have to push that distance up, right? Remember we talked about it before, this time of year when we want to push back a little bit because we're like, I don't know, does God really love me? He does. And he loves you as you are. So he wants to have a relationship with you as you are. So you don't have to push back. And relationships with people who truly love you are the best kinds of relationships. And the, like, as you move closer to God, knowing that he's good towards us and that he doesn't want to hurt you and he doesn't want to get back at us or trick us, right? He's just there to love us. That is the only reason he wants to have a relationship with us is because he loves us so much. He wants peace with us through Jesus. A deep, loving relationship with our creator is like no other relationship that we can have. And that's all God wants from you this Christmas break. That's it. He doesn't want you to go through like a bunch of religious motions, though some of them are like really great, you know, sometimes. But he doesn't want you to do that just to do it, right? He's, he's, he's not asking you to do it because 
you're scared that if you don't do it, he's not going to be proud of you or he's going to be mad at you. He just wants you to sit back, take a break from keeping up with him and just realize that he loves you as you are. That God loves you as you are before you do anything to change. Before, you know, you, you, you fix yourself. God loves you. And it's the best news ever because now we can talk to him and let our guard down and trust him for the, maybe for the first time. And when you pray, you can just be yourself because he knows you. He knows yourself. He knows exactly how you are every single moment of every day. And he still chose to send his son. He still chose to love you. So when you pray, you can just pray. Because he already knows. He already knows what you're like. So you can just be honest with him. So let me ask you a question. What do you think needs to happen for you to be loved by God? Rhetorical. Think about it. Think about it for a second, though. What do you think needs to happen for God, for you to be loved by God? All right. Anything that just popped into your brain? (laughs) Toss it out of here. Get it out of here. Bye. Because... God already loves you, and you cannot earn God's love. There's nothing that you can do to push God's love away at all. He'll love you forever. And that can be a little terrifying. It can be a little scary. And that's, that's true because in like our earthly relationships, you know, the people around us, it can be scary to let people get close to us. It can be scary to know that someone loves us because it can often end in hurt and in pain. But our relationship with God is not like other relationships. God has promised to never leave you, to never hurt you. Now, you may know hurt and feel pain here on earth, but he's promised to not leave you when in the midst of those things. He will always be there, and there's nothing that you can do to separate you from the love of God. This is what Paul says in the book of Romans about God's love. It's a big verse, so buckle up. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries for tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God loved those shepherds before they did anything, or really understood even what was happening, and he loves you exactly the same way. And if you can like grasp this, it's going to be life-changing. The way you see yourself will change, because you'll see yourself as God's loved masterpiece. It'll be change the way you read your Bible and pray because you don't have to go into it thinking, I have to do this to make God proud. You get to go into it knowing it's all about love and it's all about relationship, how he wants peace with you. You don't have to feel stressed to make God proud. You can forgive yourself and forgive others just like God forgave you. And I hope you all really remember that this season, when Jesus came to baby, came to baby as earth, when Jesus came to baby as earth, I hope you all remember that. God loves who you are as you are. Just remember that, right? That's the bottom line here. So just remember that. God loves who you are as you are. So we're going to do small group right here, right now. And I want you to think about for a second, just think about how God sees you, how your life might be different if you started to live and believe that God loves who you are. I'm going to pray. Dear God, we thank you so much that you love us as we are, that we don't have to do anything to earn your love, that we don't have to do anything to make you proud that you just love us as we are. I thank you that you sent your son to be born as a baby here on earth, um, to to, to die on the cross and to rise again, to, to close the separation between us and you so that we can have a peaceful, loving relationship with you. And now all we have to do is believe in Jesus and we will have that separation closed. We will have that loving, peaceful relationship with you like nothing else that we can experience here on earth. We thank you. Help us to remember that when things are hard. Help us to remember when things are dark 
and scary that you love us and that you will always be there and that this peaceful relationship is something that you will always offer us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.